Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Face to Face. This is a show about change and about what's next. It's a show that wants to ask questions, peel back the layers of our average everyday experience, and go beyond scratching the surface. We interview amazing people with incredible ideas and stories who have done wild, weird, and wonderful things. Remember that imagination shared create collaboration, and collaboration creates community, and community inspires social change. I'm David Peck, and this is Face to Face. My next interview is uh, with Molly Murphy, and she's a part of the Mud Girls. How about that? She's just a part of the Mud Girls. She's actually a part of the Mud Girls Natural Building Collective, and uh, they've uh, put together a, a really a delightful and engaging and relevant read called The Mud Girls Manifesto, Hand-Built Homes, Handcrafted Lives. We get into things like um, consensus based leadership we talk about natural building techniques and this idea of a a, a kind of a, a community-based revolution we talk about patriarchy and hierarchy and capitalism and we talk about families and 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 this is largely a, a community uh, of women who are giving back in a very particular way this is a marvelous book it really is i know i've already said it but it's got recipes it's got a recipe you know uh, for manure um which i think you're going to really want to uh, look into um <laughs> you know, uh, manure plaster, that is, uh, natural insulation and things like that. But it also has uh, recipes, you know, for food and, and, and cooking and family. But it's got just, it's just this wonderful read, marvelous photos. It's about alternatives. It's about alternative solutions and fixing problems. It's about patience. It's about problem solving, as I, I said earlier. We get into a whole lot of things. And so, and it has this, when it comes, when, when it comes to nature, we don't really know uh, whether or not size matters. And we talk a little bit about that uh, as well and, and, and what it means to be um, a part of a group uh, that refer to themselves as mud people. So you're going to want to pick up the book, uh, The Mud Girls Manifesto, but please listen into the, the, the interview. And don't forget, davidpecklive.com for more information about my uh, writing and my speaking face-to-face-live.ca for a whole lot of other interviews and of course patreon.com you can come alongside of face-to-face and help support us keep it on the air coming right up the mud girls manifesto and molly murphy well welcome to face-to-face we're joined by a very special guest today 
all the way from the West Coast. We've got Molly Murphy on the line with us here today to talk about a new book called Mud Girls Manifesto, Hand-Built Homes, Handcrafted Lives. Molly, thanks for uh, taking the time on the uh, eve of this long weekend. Oh, no problem. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And, of course, now everyone that's going to be listening to this in a few weeks is going to go, well, what long weekend? What are you talking about? It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, so we've already thrown our listeners for a bit of a loop. So, so the subtitle, um, Hand-Built Homes, Handcrafted Lives, the Mud Girls Natural Building Collective. I think you, I think there's some explaining you're going to need to do here. What what yeah. what's yeah? Tell tell us about the collective. Uh, so the collective is a, a group of women that got together about uh, 11 years ago. It's not the same group of women that was 11 years ago, but it's the same ideas that came together then and have morphed through time. And the collective is a consensus-based, non-hierarchical. Hmm. Uh, all women's building collective and we build homes out of materials that are close to the environment in which the house will be created in ideally that's what we like to do we like to try to take materials from the near environment and turn them into a home or a bench or an oven or any kind of little structure so so i could hire you to come and do that for me that's kind of what this is all about yes yeah it's a it's a it's a you know, money-making collective. Not right. a lot of money, right. but right. Yes, we're out right. there in the world. Come on, you're getting rich earning, on this. Earning a, earning a livable wage. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I'm going to read a quote from the... the uh, I've got a couple things I want to refer to in the book, if that's okay with you. And Oh, by the way, congratulations. What a, what a marvelous read. I... Uh, oh, it's just so much fun. I mean, it's you've got recipes in here. You've got building tips. It's uh, great quotes, uh, great stories, so so many sort of case studies It's uh, and, and, and so much good stuff. So I'm going to read something right out of the introduction. So a quote, unlike some eco-building initiatives, who knew there was that many? But anyway, unlike some eco-building initiatives, the Mud Girls' work goes well beyond offering alternative building practices, teaching, building and organizing, these women are offering inspiring alternatives to many of the deeply entrenched social inequalities and systems of oppression underlying and driving the social and ecological plights we face. Patriarchy, hierarchy, and capitalism, close quote. I mean, what a, what, what a marvelous opening. I mean, this is the second paragraph. This doesn't sound like anything like a building collective. This sounds like you guys are into so many things. Yeah, that's what we sort of realize. It's almost like <laughs> natural building is like a vehicle in which we drive through these other aspects of our culture that need to change. So, so, so what, hopping on the back of it. Hopping, hopping on the back of it. So, so what was the, um, so how does, how does a collective like this begin? Is it, is it, is it one woman who has this idea? Did, did somebody read a book? Did, did, is it a, is it a story that got this started? Was it just a, a life situation or a lifestyle choice? There's, yeah, it's a little bit of all of that. So there was a woman who named Jen Gavi who took a, comprehensive natural building course in Winnipeg mm-hmm. and I don't even know early 2000s and she was so inspired by the, by just the it was a revolution for her mm. just to see that you could use straw bales and just er- dirt out of the earth and turn it into a home you didn't need to go to a store uh, and then she ended up moving out west to a little tiny island where there wasn't a store and so the her what she had just learned became an actual asset because she was able to build a home out of the stuff around her. She had the know-how to do so, at least know how to try, anyway. And uh, she ran workshops and invited women, and they were 10 days long, and they were in the middle of the woods, hmm. and it was $150 for 10 days. 
So wow. super, yeah, because she had her friends doing the cooking. She had a friend helping with the childcare, and she ran the actual building part herself. And because she was building for herself, she wasn't trying to make a bunch of money off us. We took the workshops. She just wanted to have people help her build her house. And so that idea of not charging the participant huge amounts of hmm. money to come to a workshop sort of was a bit mind-blowing because normally a building workshop is like $1,000 for a week. And uh, whereas we were trying to, what Jen allowed us to do is someone like me who was on EI at the time, so therefore actually had time on her hands but no money, right. I could go take this 10-day building workshop and, you know, revolutionize, revolutionize my 26-year-old brain. So it was about it was about accessibility at that point. Making totally. And, be, and very, and it's, I mean, you guys sound, I mean, you don't have to get far into the book to realize how inclusive mm -hmm. uh, uh, of a group you really all are. Mm-hmm, Exactly. Yeah, that's the whole point. That's what we always remember, too, is that we wouldn't be here if it hadn't been for the accessibility at the beginning, that welcoming, affordability, accessibility, and then, of course, just the, the non-intimidating approach of it being all women. Right. As a woman. Right. Yeah, it was pretty important. So, so, so men do play a role, it seems, or at least yeah. they do. They, you, you, you guys do talk about uh, that in, in the book. Can you talk a it's, little bit about that? It's not that? a cult. It's not a cult. <laughs> right. Where, where, yeah. where, yeah, where do the men fit in? Um, uh, well, I mean, there's men all over the place, and they're... <laughs> That's going to be the sound bite, by the way, from the interview. Yeah, yeah. There's <laughs> men all over the place, yeah. Molly Murphy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. You can't, I mean, you can't really avoid them. Yes. And I think that, and that's not, that was never the point. Right. right. Never the point Good. was until oh, like exclude, exclude men. It was just to... I mean, patriarchy is not just something men perform. Right. Patriarchy is something yeah. that we all do because we're steeped in it. And I think when you just remove the males from a situation, even just temporarily, it allows women to fill roles they didn't know they um, could have filled right. or can easily fill. Um, it's easy to just defer to the closest man who's used a chainsaw before instead of maybe... Right. No, we're not trying to reinvent the wheel, but by right. always having someone to refer to, and defer, actually defer to, you easily have your control that you're just so used to letting go. Like you're just so used to just stepping back. You don't mean to be a weak woman. You just kind of sometimes it, fall, it falls there. Right. Without your, you know, inadvertently, no, no matter how righteous you feel. Right. So, it's, not, it's not necessarily by, by in, 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 you know... Uh, specifically intentional it's just kind of it's sort of it's that that, that level of patriarchy like you say we're all steeped in it it's just kind of yeah it's just kind of or yeah it's nurture a, aspect of things yeah is it did you guys did you guys get any sort of uh i don't know uh, uh sort of i don't know i'm gonna call it sexist pushback you know construction workers you know i mean you what do you guys uh, think you're doing you know this is not a woman's no. job i mean did, did any of that sort of come up or are we way beyond no, that not directly not directly, but more in the, um, hey, have you, have you tried it like this before? <laughs> right, right. Um, you know, and I think mostly they're actually trying to be helpful, but the fact that they're assuming that I may not have thought of that particular, let's use a cement mixer to mix this mud right. suggestion before, is a bit, they don't mean to be condescending, but, <laughs> but because you're, you're asking and you haven't even asked, you know, maybe how long I've been, I've been doing what I've been doing or... Or anything like that. You're just assuming that I may not have thought of some quicker, more efficient way. But the thing about natural building is, though, is that there's always a way we haven't thought of to do things. Nice. So 
all the suggestions you know you have to listen to, and you also can't bite that guy's head off either right, because right. you know he's actually usually genuinely trying to be helpful. I love I love how you uh, uh, um, and the book was the book co-written. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I love I love the way you guys talk about about patience and problem solving as being as being um, a couple of your best. Uh, your best assets. I'm not exactly yeah. sure where that was, but so it, I love how you just said, and, and one of the things I love about the book too is, yeah, there's recipes and there's building tips and so on, but I don't know, it actually kind of reads a little bit like a leadership manual to me. No, sorry, manuals, not, not the right word at all, but there's so many wonderful uh, uh, lessons, you mm-hmm. know, things to take away that, that you guys already clearly knew, but sort of rediscovered as you um, well, I think got deeper into thing. this, you know? Yeah, the book isn't, we don't need another natural building book. There's hundreds right. out there. But I think the one thing that we had done maybe differently, or that we we felt we had to share, I mean, the reason we wrote the book is because we felt we had something to share. And the idea that, you know, a functioning as a non-hierarchical consensus-based collective while being an economic body kind of um, for over 10 years is, is actually something to celebrate, to celebrate and sure. figure and, and you know how did we do it and I think I try I hope the book helps explain how we overcame some of the you know the personal ego aspects of sure. trying to get along well this is you know this is one of the questions I had and I think it's related to you know when I asked you kind of jokingly a little bit where are the men but mm-hmm. um, how do you get along you know what, what was it you're a non hierarchical uh, natural building collective mm-hmm how do you get along? You know, you've got an economic um, yeah. So angle. we have we have all kinds of things that we we have a sort of a way we have a we have a mission statement and we have guiding principles, and then we have get-togethers twice a year. We call them boot camps, like boots on and boots off mm, camps, mm. starting sort of bookending the season. Right. And uh, we all get together and discuss, you know, all the issues. Any, you know, we go through all the jobs that were over the past season. We go through individual sort of check-ins, and then also. Um, what your commitment level is for the next year, that kind of thing, and then any policy changes that need changing. And um, and that has worked really well. I mean, some of those meetings are super intense, but we always have, like, a facilitator and a minute seeker like you would, and we just all have to get to the point where we agree, and we don't always, but then we just come back to it because there's no point. What we realize, you just consensus minus one just leaves someone behind mm. and leaves that person bitter mm. and unheard. And then the next time that problem comes up, because it's going to, unless that person just feels ostracized and leaves, right. which isn't really the point, then um, you kind of have to, you usually have to go over that same problem again. And this time the feelings are so much more emotional because that person was ignored the first time. You know, because you harbor stuff like that when sure, you feel sure. like you're being, you know, ganged up on or something like that. And how do the voices that are a little quieter, you know, not get rolled over right right in a situation like that so that's one of the reasons we did it like yeah that. you're back back yeah. to sort of collective back to back to being inclusive and so on you say mm. one of your guiding we work principles the same way on a job site but right no for sure and this is what i guess i mean about the the lessons uh, learned and the takeaways and the things that um that can that are so applicable to 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 other other fields and other sectors i mean don't you talk a great deal and i think i'm, I'm going to try to find it but don't you talk a great deal about applied activism Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because that's that's the idea of actually, um, I guess, walk, walking the walk. Right. Probably, you know. Um, so we didn't just write a we didn't just write a book about this. We this is actually this is actually how we live. 
like, yeah, yeah, it's not like we're some sort of like perfect, you know, eco people or anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, um, trying to, to, I think, show that there's a possibility of alternative ways of doing things that yeah, those still that. create earnings for us don't sort of enter the sort of normal stream of of the fu- of the functioning society yet still we are out there working for people and working together and coming home to our normal lives and you know living reasonably normal mm. lives yeah you talk about being human friendly one of your guiding principles i so love that we're a collective that is human friendly and you're t- you know recreating concepts of work and, and 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 so on is this would you say i mean i don't know that i would describe most human beings as being human friendly um, is this something that, that anyone can do that, I mean, is, I mean, I, I see, you know, I see, I want to go big. I want to say, Hey, what, can, what, what, what do the mud girls have to teach politicians around the world? Right. Uh, what are, what are some of the things that we can talk about from a, a collective perspective about being inclusive, about listening, um, about paying attention and so on. And, and, and yes, about saving the environment as well. I mean, we're talking, we haven't even, we haven't scratched the, that, that surface yet, but can you, can you talk a little bit about that, uh, the applicability of this to other, other people, other cultures? Um, I, I feel like the, the political climate is so wrapped up in, um, in greed mm. that I feel like the, the mud girls and, and our, and our principles and how they could even begin to function in that, in that, like, I just, I don't even know if it's true, but I heard, like, I don't know if it's Uruguay or something where, maybe, I think I might be wrong, but there's some um, leader of a country in South America that, you know, makes $15,000 a year and rides around on a bike. Hmm. Like, I don't know if that's real, but I like that idea because that's, <laughs> right. because what if it was just a job like a really good mayor, like we've all heard of towns, you know, that have had that really good mayor that actually like did things and was like a person and talked to people. I don't know where it gets removed from the people that are trying to lead us, where we lose the humanity in them. We're just not sure what what face they're wearing at any particular mm-hmm. time. Right. Like in Canada, like Trudeau, he like he he lied to all. Like he was he was like the biggest. I don't know how to say this stuff on the on the thing, but you know. <laughs> Um, he, you know, he said a lot of things and didn't do them. And I know that's right. normal for a politician, but I felt like a lot of people were kind of jumped on the idea that maybe finally someone was right. speaking for us, and you know, it somehow got lost in translation. So where, where, where does that? I feel like there's a line that's crossed somewhere, and the mud girls are certainly on the human side of that line, and I don't know where it changes into the, the whole multi-million-dollar, billion-dollar corporations and all that stuff. It seems like. Um, not real. It, I don't yeah, understand. No, I think I know I hear what you're saying and I think I mean I want to believe in the hope of 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 a, a politician who believes in change. I want to believe yeah. uh, you know, right? I mean I think I hope we I all I think do. they're out there. I, I think they're I, out there. I think they are too cuz those yeah. those those leaders and those mayors and those I hope prime ministers and uh, pr- uh, presidents and I was going to say principals, but you know yeah. what we need good principals too, right? Exactly. I think I think I think the, some of our finest and worst work is done at a primary school level. Um, mm-hmm. for so many different reasons. But mm-hmm. but I love that that hope so place that we want to be in. And and how do we not lose that? How do you how do you not stay cynical? You guys don't sound cynical to me at all. You sound really re- steeped in reality. You, I mean clearly you've got issues and you work through them <laughs> and so on. But but yeah, how do you keep that hold that cynicism at bay? Uh 
Well, it's not easy. No, I, I wouldn't think, think so. I think for each individual, we all have our own ways in which the cynicism sort of um, sort of rears its ugly head. Um, but uh, I think one of the things that keeps us sort of grounded is that well, we we run these you know we run workshops and we meet people and there are all these different people from all these different walks of life from all over the world with different capabilities and and uh, just different things of course that every single person has been through and you just you know sort of make these like sort of mic mini connections but that are sort of more penetrating because you're sort of there day in day out day in day out day in day out for five days in a row where you eat and sleep and work with the same people and the relationships sort of change. It's hard to keep walls up, and then I think mm. it's hard to remain cynical if you don't have big walls up. I think with cynicism, you kind of protect yourself, because cynicism hurts, I think. Right. Because um, you just start to lose hope. Um, and uh, and it's, e- it's easy, isn't it? Yeah. I think on some yeah. level, cynicism is easy, and yet the... It the, is. The rewards easy to check out, right? I think so, yeah. I, I cynicism heard somebody, allows you to check out. I was talking to an adv- somebody who works in advocacy recently, and I think he said about... You know, uh, and I don't know if this was digital, uh, but but he said we you know we have pretty good numbers that thirty percent of Canadians are engaged. So are mm. the other seventy percent just diverted? Or are they cynical? Do they not care? I mean, I I don't know that yeah. I don't want to believe that. And yet at the same time, if I mean I would you know all numbers can be ni- manipulated, but still at the yeah. same time it sounds kind of discouraging, right? And yet I don't know what's the alternative to me. There isn't an alternative. You've got to be hopeful. Yeah, yeah, you, you do. I think. And I think one of the reasons why there's maybe less involvement is that there just isn't people speaking what they want to hear. And for so long, when you're not hearing what you want to hear from anyone who's saying what you, you know, how you'd like the world to go. Right. You know, like, why aren't you getting money back if you put solar panels on your house? Like, why doesn't that happen? Why isn't that a thing? You know? Like what, there's so many policies that could be put in place that would make the world a better place, but it's just not happening. It's just not happening, right? And yeah. And then you start to ask other questions about, and that's the, the yeah. Where why is you, it not happening? Where is all the you, money going? You the campaign. Whole you campaigned on X. Uh, yeah. You're delivering Y. Where Where's that disconnect? Yeah. Is um why isn't why isn't bigger always better? You've got a you've got a whole section mm-hmm. you know where in a chapter in the book you call rethinking work and you t- you talk about about human capital. Mm-hmm. And it's about it's about people building. I mean, c- there's so many metaphors. It's so brilliant. I actually spent. Um, I'm an electrician uh, by trade, so I spent a lot of years in construction, and so I saw buildings go up from the holes in the ground. Yeah. And it's just it's so metaphorical, right? It's so beautiful on on mm-hmm. so many levels for for doing things right and for making mistakes and like you said, patience and problem solving. You know, and earlier, yeah. but 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 I don't think most of us believe that bigger isn't better. Yeah, that's, it's. I guess it's hard to wrap mm. your head around it, but I think if you just look to nature, you can just see that it doesn't. Mm. The biggest thing isn't always the mightiest. I mean, it's not size doesn't really. When it comes to nature, size you know doesn't matter mm. when it comes to think from thing to thing. And I think um, we have a disproportionate relationship with you know with wealth and what mm. that looks like and how to represent that in your life. And if if wealth only looks like a a huge car and a huge house, then then that's what that's to me where part where it goes even deeper into the whole capitalistic sort of hierarchical world that we live in is that that's what wealth looks like when it's just not true. I mean, that doesn't get you anywhere. It won't help you in the long run if it, your house is really really big and your car is really really big. I mean, it's just you know what about an apple tree? I mean, how much more wealthy is it to have an mm-hmm. apple tree that consistently produces apples that you can store for three months of the year? 
you don't need to, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just it's uh, different different value it, systems, and a, I think that's what needs to change. So do you think, so let's talk about that a little bit, because I think, you know, obviously I can I can hear some of my friends who work, uh, I have a couple friends who work on Bay Street and, and uh, a few friends who are, you know, I, I I drive a nice car, but it's uh, you know it's an Elantra. It's <laughs> you know, it's not, I'm not yeah. driving a Caddy SUV, but I know people no. who do. Um, yeah. Are they going to be happy with that apple tree? Pro- probably, probably not. Are they Are they happy with their Cadillac? Well, there you go. That's the better question, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, maybe good. some of them, and I'll yeah. teach their own. But I mean, yeah, right. Um, but within reason. I mean, are you actually? doing these things because it's making you happy or because you think you might be happy when you get that new thing and that whole perpetual sort of build up, well, I'm just not happy yet, but oh, wait, 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 if I just, once I, once I, whatever it is, you know, get that cottage and wherever or whatever it is, the next thing that you need that you're waiting for to be happy. I mean, that's, I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I think it's a, uh... I mean, I've, I've studied philosophy for years. I've never, I joke with people, I don't really believe in happiness. I, I, I make the distinction between happiness and contentment. I think it's a really, I think it's an existential thing. I think it's a spiritual thing. I think it's philosophical and all, I think it's economic. I really do. I mean, yeah. poverty to yep. you and me is, is not going to be poverty to somebody in Papua New Guinea, right? It's, no. it's just, uh, it's a rural Cambodia. It's going to be, it's going mm. to be very different. Do you, do you, do you guys want to grow the collective? Like, are you hoping that this picks up? Are you hoping others, you go, Wow, this is amazing! We want to start one in 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 Sudbury. We want to start one in 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 Red Deer. I mean, is that is that kind of a hope? Yeah. Oh yeah, we're gonna start selling the franchise. <laughs> right. The franchise rights alone are gonna make yeah. you guys rich beyond your wildest yeah. dreams. Yeah, finally. Just wait for it, Molly. It's coming. Yeah. Oh God. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think no, no, not. I don't think we would we would feel pretty. We feel that that good about having like different mud girls groups everywhere, just because. You know, there isn't even anything that, um, the mud growth is kind of just an idea. Right, right. Like we all, there's no business per se. It's just right. m- me and 11 other women who right now are choosing to work together as a group with that has a group idea around it. So there's an idea that is the mud girls, and we work within that, that idea. And as that, that idea can change, as the membership changes, but there is no way to kind of like just say, you can take our ideas and then you can be the... Um, the mud people of of wherever, right? You know, of Saskatchewan, and have your own cool collective of non. You know, take the ideas that we have, but they just can't be called the Mud Girls, probably. I mean, just because uh, it'd be weird, and then maybe we there's all these weird legal things that could maybe happen that right, we don't right. know anything about, and we don't want to get involved in, <laughs> and then we don't really want to know anything about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so tell, so tell me, I, I want to ask you, we've asked about the men, I want to ask about kids and, and how children sort of fit into to all of this. Um, I'm dying to ask you about some of the structures. I mean, fascinating, beautiful. Uh, I watched a, a film recently, um, um, and, and did an interview, just posted it a, a little while back with Velcro Ripper and, uh, his partner, a film called Metamorphosis. It's an NFB piece and it's beautiful. You need to see it. And it's just, okay. just some glorious images. And I think it actually might be out in the West coast right now. So it's, it's playing. Anyhow, it, and they, they talk about some alternative building practices near the end of the film and, you know, using bottles and recycled material and, and so on. And you guys have just so many different variables. Um, 
can you talk a little bit about that? I mean, I'm fascinated by that. I mean, I, I, I come out of a, a world of construction where I watched, you know, bricklayers work, but there was a very specific way bricks were laid, right? And you got to use so much cement and there's got to be a certain amount of water and, and all. Like there's all these sort of uh, rules, you know, engineering yeah. guidelines. This is how natural law, this is how the world works. But you guys yeah. are kind of contradicting that in a way. In a way, in a way, but yeah. you're just dis- you're discovering new ways, like you said earlier. There's there's all kinds of other ways that we haven't even thought of yet. Yeah, so I mean, the, for sure. I mean, there's so many ways to to build a house, and there's so many ways we have been building homes for a really long time before there was sort of these um, rules regarding the, the rules are there so that people can become skilled in something and then continue on and share that trade throughout time and and the the things that we built out of are things that we've worked with over time and at the beginning there was lots of learning and then as things goes you start to learn there may not be like one single way but there are parameters in which each material can can work in you know so you you have let's say we're going to do like a cob wall we've got clay sand straw and water so those are the four ingredients in it and what sorry say again what's a cob wall yep so clay sand straw and water so those are the four ingredients that you need Usually we use a clay subsoil, so we're not like, you know, buying clay from the store. We're digging okay. in the ground and flying a clay-rich um, subsoil to pull out of the ground and then mix that with a sand and then add some straw and water and turn it into sort of a malleable, sculptable, buildable material. So once you know the parameters of what to expect when you're building that, you can you can move within it. So you, once you know how it works when it's dry, once you know how... It works when you put a window in, and all these different aspects of how you build with it. The kind of then your imagination can kind of take over. Right. You know what I mean? I think so. Yeah. 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 I mean, do you guys have blueprints when you start a a, a job, or is it kind of a uh, more of a um, a work in project? Or uh, in pro- like more. We of a always process? have. If we're building a house, we always have a plan. Right. There's always a written right. plan. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and and sometimes we work on houses that are you know, fully engineered and fully built with code in mind, and we do sort of the natural aspects of the home. Oh, okay. So, yeah. you know, might do the natural insulation and then the plastering and maybe the earthen floor, that kind of thing. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so then also building sort of houses in the woods from scratch. Right, so sort of like a com- like a combination of, of um, classically engineered homes and mm-hmm. and then adding, what did you say, like an earthen floor or... Yeah, uh, mud floor or natural insulation. Natural lighting, maybe. Yeah, right. yeah, more, you know, that kind of thing, yeah. How much of this would you say, I mean, it's, it, if somebody was to pick this book up in, in, in chapters, and I and I hope they do, and by the way, let's just get a, a plug-in for the book again, and we'll do it okay. again near the end, but Mud Girl's Manifesto, we're talking with Molly Murphy about hand-built homes and handcrafted lives. Um, they can get it on online, of course, but uh, yeah. also at your your local bookstore, and it's... Um, is it mudgirls.wordpress.com? Uh, is that your... It's mudgirls.ca. Mudgirls.ca, thank you. Yeah, that'll get you there. I know and you I can buy the book on that as well. You can buy the book there as well. And I know there's... Yeah, yeah and there's a blog and so on. So um, um, so, so where do where do the kids come in? Because I think I think what's really interesting to me is about the, the way this... Th- I mean, these, this is all about choices and... and, and when, when you know you've got a, a, a way into the book, you talk about caring for the for children, the children of the revolution, right? <laughs> Which is so great for so many reasons. Children as active members of the community. Um, can can you talk a little bit about how they play play a role and 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 where they fit in? Well, 
another thing about children is that they're always around. Um, they, being women, during our lives, some of us may choose to have them. And one of the challenges of being like a modern woman is trying to f- figure out how you still be uh, a good mother and also maybe still pursue something that makes you uh, happy. Right. And I think um, I think some a lot of mothers find um, the first few years of their child's lives really challenging mm. because it's sort of all left up to to them a lot of the time to kind of just because of nursing and that sort of thing, or just wanting to, wanting to be around your baby. You grew it in your belly for nine months, and you're not really not ready to just walk away and go back to work. Of course, some women are. One of the things about the collective is that when we first got started, there were four members with babes at the breast. It just wasn't really possible for us to leave them behind. Right. Um, so mm. they they came with us, if you know what I mean. They were there while we mm. made the collective happen and while we were getting work and figuring out how we were going to solve solve this problem of having children, which shouldn't have been a problem. Right, but it always right. seems like you have, kind of have to choose. Like if you really mm. want to pursue something you love, that means sacrificing a bunch of your income mm. for care and sacrificing that quality time with your child. And it can be a really hard choice, and what's a choice we didn't want to have to make. And so we decided to include children and child care, not children always on the work site, but child care right, right, at all right. our jobs. So they're being looked out for while we're working. And that has its pluses and its minuses as well, but it's, it's at least it allows for mothers with small babies to still pursue what they love, and especially at workshops as well. I love the um, I love the modeling of it as well. I mean, I'm, my my kids are ten and, and twelve, and the the things that they see, the the, mm-hmm. the 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 places they hang out, the the books they see you reading, the the people they they listen to you talking to, and so on. I mean, these are all right. This is this yeah. is becomes a part of who they are, and I think we really underestimate those little things. And uh, I, I don't love I don't think my daughters know that like living in a mud house is not normal <laughs> right which is so fantastic yeah. i think that's awesome can i can i quote uh, from from the book again i i, I did, and this is where i just you know my phrase is it cracks me up which means it 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 it, it it's wonderful uh when i when I'm, I'm reading a book about building a home out of mud and 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 straw and and this is um what i read quote kids are losing their focus point the amount of time spent with their main guiding force in life is being greatly reduced this can lead to kids who are lost, lonely, and are easily led astray by their peers. Peers do not emit ongoing, unconditional love, and that is what kids need more than anything else. Kids who, without a moral compass, point, find themselves flailing, searching, and seriously at risk of long-term emotional trauma, close quote. That, that's, that's, I mean, so much in there, so much packed in there that, that, I mean, we could do a whole other podcast about long-term emotional trauma and Canada's history and dysfunction. Yeah. And I mean, you know, talk, talk what's about happening right now, what's happening right, right now. Let's peel back some of those layers, but I just think it's so, so beautiful. And, 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 and this is why the book for me was just so much fun to read, but it was also deeply rewarding that, that you guys have this kind of wisdom, you know, bubbling to the surface in a book about, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. cooking and, and building mud homes. Mm-hmm. It's 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 really really quite quite uh, quite quite remarkable. What so so if so how does it so tell me how it works? So let's just say somebody's listening, and they're thinking about you know what I'm I'm in. I want I want to build a mud and straw house with an earthen floor and natural insulation. What what what's the next step? 
Well, right. well let's let's just say you live in our region. Yep. So you yep. live close enough to us that yep. you actually could hire us. Then you'd just send up you have a email address, you'd email us and then you'd get in contact with us and then we'd send you some information about our collective works and then we would just move forward to see how how your job might look different. Each one of our clients has different right. skill levels or, or assets, right? So you've got to have kind of this, you know, we have this sort of like pie and you have like skills in one piece and right. time in one piece and, and, and money in another piece and you kind of have to juggle those around to figure out how you're going to make your life happen or your house happen. And... Um, so some clients are super skilled at certain aspects of the building, and they'll maybe do that part. Or sometimes um, they just hire us to do the whole entire job, and right. they guide us, of course, through. And one of our favorite things is to work with people. We like to try to empower the people we work for um, to feel enabled by the building. The idea is that it's not supposed to shut you out. You don't want to shut people out of natural building. You want to say, like, this is your natural finish. Now, if your cat decides to climb the wall or your kit, you know, your kitten starts to climb the wall and takes a huge chunk out for whatever reason, or your kid's an idiot with a hammer or something, you don't have to just call someone and pay hundreds of dollars to have it fixed. You might just have some mud in a bucket in your basement. You can go right. and just make it happen for yourself because you've, you've through the process of building, us building your home, you have taken part as much as possible. Right, right. And saving yourself money too, ideally. And saving yourself money. So ultimately, it is it is an affordable thing to do. I th I think so. I yeah. think so. In comparison, right. yeah, I hope I hope so. Right. I, I don't. Yeah, and then affordable is such a subjective term, right? What's again, yeah. what's affordable for one is not affordable for another. And that's another thing that I so love about your book. I mean, this is a book about it's about leadership and politics. It's about economics and poverty and and, and injustice and, and and empowerment. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's just it really is rethinking so many so many different things. Um, and I I just so love the the, the practicality of it as well. It's. Uh, really quite remarkable well sadly we're, we're, we're coming close to, 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 to the to the end of, of, of the interview I'm gonna have to wrap it up but I I've okay. just had so much fun reading the book and 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 our conversation has been uh, uh, I hope I hope I hope others are, are gonna see the the value in, in, in picking this up and reading it as soon um, yeah. as possible uh, we Molly thanks so, so much for your time today we've been talking with um, Molly Murphy about uh, the, the Mud Girls Natural Building Collective, but we've been talking about a book called The Mud Girls Manifesto, but so much more. Any um, any last thoughts as we as we uh, as we come to the end for now uh, in this interview? Um, no, I just want to thank you for your time, and it's been a lovely opportunity to talk about the book and all the things that the Mud Girls are. And yeah, I really hope people enjoy the book and have fun. I think the key thing for people to think about is that whatever they do, they should be having fun while they do it. How can you not how can you not like a book where you can learn how to make manure plaster? I mean Yeah, on. right? I mean come on, right? Yeah. You got you got to get this book. Yeah. Uh, Molly, thanks so much for your time today. Really appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. My pleasure. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.